Um, so as Tash said, we're starting this new series called um, Building Blocks. Um, so this is kind of our vision at G2 is to help people discover and follow Jesus. And these building blocks are like how we can do it. They're, so that's something we can all do. We're all building together to help more people discover and follow Jesus. Um, and so we're kind of inviting everyone to follow, to join, to give, worship and tell. Um, and over the next few weeks, we'll be unpacking what that means and what that looks like and how we can do that more. So I'm going to be talking about follow uh, and then join a little bit later this evening. So follow, first of all, what does it mean? Could could mean to like literally follow someone around and copy what they're doing and walk behind them. If that's happening to you, phone the police. <laughs> also, could be on Facebook or Instagram that you, um, you follow someone. I'm sure most people here follow um, one of the Kardashians or Beyonce or... I don't know, someone like that. I'm quite old now, I'm not sure who you follow. So um, why don't you shout out, who do you think is the most followed person on Instagram? Who's got the most followers? It's one person, just has to ruin it for everyone, don't they? Yes, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, 184 million, I know. Because um, he just... Post photo, topless photos and photos of his kids, so it's win-win, isn't it? I, I don't follow him. It's just what someone told me. So I'm going to be vulnerable and let you see some of the people I follow on Facebook. So first of all, the Christian Selva Atnam page. If you're new, this is our vicar. Hands up if you follow him. Yeah, he posts very little on there. I just do it because I work for him, so I kind of felt I had to. I also follow Aussie Man Reviews. Does anyone follow him? Oh, it's terrible. I, his T-shirt, actually, I've blacked out what it actually said. I'm so glad I noticed. Um, okay, this is really sad. I follow Asda. I don't know. I don't know why I follow Asda. I do shop there, but... I also follow CBeebies. It's got to stay, stay up to date with what's going on. I follow Disney songs. That is not for the kids. That's for me. I follow this um, mum, and uh, her site is called Why Yes, My Hands Are Full. She had quadruplets. She has a busy... Like, well, yes, her hands are full, because she probably says that all the time. They're, they're four now. They're cute. And I also follow the hangover memes. <laughs> you know that film? I don't know why I follow them. Um, so when we follow people on Instagram and on Facebook, the commitment level is zero, isn't it? We, all we're doing is we're saying, we like this person, we're kind of interested in, in what they're doing or what they're saying. It doesn't cost you anything. You can change your mind at any time. You can unfollow them. In fact, I just recently unfollowed a friend who's posting way too many baby pictures and I just got sick of seeing them. <laughs> we all do it. I'm like, yes, your baby's cute. I don't need to see 50 of them. Okay, but... You're not in any way committed when you follow someone online. Um, but in the Gospels, there's over 20 reported times that Jesus says these words, follow me. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. And we know that Jesus doesn't mean follow me on Instagram so that we can see what he's up to. When Jesus says, follow me, it is the total opposite. The commitment level is really, really high. The Gospel of Matthew was written in Greek, and the, word, the Greek word that was used is follow me. Uh, sorry, that's the English. The, <laughs> that would be weird. The Greek word was jute. Um, so, and it's first seen when Jesus calls his first disciples in Matthew 4. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jute, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. This is such a small and simple paragraph. Jesus says, follow me, and they did. But the cost was huge. The commitment here is huge. They left everything. They left their homes, they left their families, they left their past and their present and their future because they had no idea what this was going to look like. And at the time, the rabbi tradition of calling disciples was that they would say, follow me to the best of the best. They would handpick their disciples. And Jesus wasn't a rabbi, but he does use the language of a rabbi when he says, follow me. But it's worth noting that he isn't saying it to the best of the best here. These are young guys who are learning their parents' trade to fish. These are the kids who dropped out of school because they're not clever enough. And Jesus says, follow me to them. And this is the high call of discipleship that we all have. Following Jesus is not just believing in him. It's not just saying I'm interested in him. It's laying down everything in the pursuit of God. It literally means to walk in my footsteps in the sand. Now, if you're here at GT City and you're just exploring and you're just trying to figure out what this means and someone's invited you, then don't worry. I'm not going to force you to make a commitment to follow Jesus today. You are so welcome to explore here. However, there is always an invitation to start following Jesus. And Jesus doesn't wait for you to sort everything out and to be the best you can be before he says, follow me. But some of us have already decided to follow Jesus. We've made that commitment. We want to be a disciple of Jesus. And that means doing everything Jesus said. It means doing what he did, living how he lived. The miracles, the people he talked to, the way he talked to, those are the footsteps that we are walking in when we follow Jesus. And so my job here today is to unpack what it means to follow. And I don't really know where to start. It's not like one nice tweetable quote that I can give you of what that means, because it's laying down your whole life. It's giving everything over to Jesus. So let's start with knowing him. Make sure, we all need to make sure we know what Jesus said, who he was. We need to know our Bible. We need to know him now through the Holy Spirit and have a real relationship with him. We need to be vulnerable with one another. We need to be accountable to one another. We need to be teachable and let people speak into our lives. We need to encourage one another in our journeys. 
You might have a mentor, you might have someone that disciples you, and I'd really recommend that if you can um, set that up. You might be in a small group. We're going to talk a bit more about small groups later. You might have mutual accountability with someone. You might have daily prayer time or daily Bible reading time or weekly or whatever it is that you can put in place. When Jesus says, Jute, follow me, he doesn't say it lightly. He says, take up your cross. And it really does mean to be willing to lay down everything. But the next time this word jute appears in the Gospel of Matthew, it's in Matthew 11. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we've translated it as come to me. But it was the same word that was used, jute. And I kind of like to think of it as falling into Jesus. This is like, come to me. We were just singing a song there about a yoke. And I wondered if um, everybody here knew what that meant. Because that's quite an unusual word. This is a picture of a yoke. And it is a wooden instrument that ties together two animals. So back in the day when animals would do the, the heavy work... If one animal wasn't strong enough, you would yoke two animals together so that then you had their combined strength. So when Jesus says, um, yoke yourself to me, my yoke is easy, that's what he's meaning. He's saying, join forces with me. I can make you stronger. I can take the weight. Follow me and I will give you rest. I will give you a breather. I will give you time to pause. The yoke makes, made the animals inseparable, and it's the same for us. Together we can be stronger with Jesus. So our first building block here at G2 is follow. Follow Jesus and learn to be like him, and follow Jesus and allow him to give you rest. The first one is like going to the gym. If you want to get stronger or fitter or faster, you have to work out. It's such a shame, but it's true. We have to work out. You've got to go two or three times a week. You've got to put in the minutes and the hours and you've got to build your strength slowly, bit by bit, until after six months you notice it. And following Jesus is just like that. You've got to do a workout. You're not just going to wake up tomorrow and be like the best disciple there ever was and you don't need to be. But we work at it. We learn from our mistakes. We get up early and it's hard to pray and we build up. I can't pray for a whole hour yet on my own. But I've started at 15 minutes and I'm building up bit by bit. But if we only concentrate on working out, then we're doing it all in our own strength. We also have to work in the Holy Spirit. We also have to invite him in. Come to me and I will give you rest, Jesus says. When we ask the Holy Spirit to work in us, then things can change from the inside you've got to do both. Like if you decide, I am going to follow these footsteps of Jesus and I'm going to go and serve the homeless every day. I'm going to give away everything I own and I'm going to cook meals and I'm going to collect items from my friends and I'm going to walk in those footsteps. Then if, if you're doing that in your own strength, eventually you're going to get tired and burnt out and burdened. You've got to work in the Holy Spirit too. 
But equally, if you sit at home and you pray every day, God, help me to be better with the homeless. Help me to love them more. Help me to serve them more. And you're really good at praying that and asking the Holy Spirit. And you're just getting spiritually fat. Because you've got to do both. You've got to work out and work in. So I've already mentioned some of the different ways that you might pursue discipleship. Um, and that, you know, that's something for you to take up on your own. But I genuinely would recommend the discipleship deck to everyone. I'm married to Luke, who works for Fusion, and I'm not doing this because he asked me to. <laughs> I genuinely carry one of these around with me for one-to-one meetings with people. And it's a, an actual pack of cards, so you can play a game if you want, but it's also got... Um, really good discipleship questions on it so you can kind of challenge each other and I believe in this so much that I would love to give any new student fresher or younger than me person um, <laughs> to one of these so would you be brave and stand up if that if you're new here today and I will throw you one of these I know there's a few people in the room just go for it well done do it back yourself anyone else oh, watch out nice well done Anyone else? There we go. Well done. Great. Okay. They're on sale for £5 for everyone else. (laughs) Megan, who also works for G2, is going to be going around the room selling them later. Okay, so we're going to pause now and we're going to answer some questions from the discipleship deck that are up here. There's four categories. Um, So when was the last time you did something courageous or adventurous? What are you reading at the moment? What is your relationship with food and drink like? And who is influencing you? And what are you learning from them? So not too scary, hopefully. Something you can just turn to the person, sit next to you, choose a question and just answer it honestly. And we'll have a few minutes to do that. So let's move on to join now. So all that has uh, been said about following Jesus, all that's been said about discipleship and being like him and working out and working in, is it possible to do those things on your own? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It definitely is possible to follow Jesus on your own. You can read the Bible on your own. You can pray on your own. You can go out onto the street and pray for other people. You can rest in the Holy Spirit on your own. And in fact, if we look at all five building blocks... Follow, join, give, worship, tell. Can we do all of those on our own? Yes, we can. But I tell you what, I would not want to. I wouldn't choose to do any of that on my own. It's not how we were designed to do it. And thank God, literally thank God. Imagine if God was like, you have to do all this and do it on your own. It would be a nightmare. We're not designed to do it on our own. I think our relationship to Jesus is personal, but it's not private. Surely you've heard about the strategy of God's grace, the mystery, the secret that it has been. The, written, the mystery has now been revealed for everyone to know. The mystery is that through the gospel, people who have only just heard about Jesus are heirs together with people who have always known him, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. This is what Paul writes to the Ephesians. He's explaining this mystery of why the gospel is now suddenly for the Gentiles, the people that have never heard of Jesus before. And the mystery has been explained. It's because God's plan is for togetherness, for the Jews who were born into God's people and the Gentiles, which is everyone else, 
to be heirs together, to be members together, to be sharers together. There's over 50 times in the New Testament that the phrase one another or each other is used. I'm not going to say them all, but I'm going to rattle through some. Love each other, pray for each other, encourage each other, admonish each other, greet each other, serve each other, teach each other, accept each other, honor each other, bear each other's burdens, forgive each other, submit to each other, be devoted to each other. It's pretty clear that this plan is for togetherness. Now, um, as Annabelle said, I've got two children called Morgan and Aaron. Here's a photo of them when they were very little and I could dress them in matching chav suits. (laughs) I was so happy. Can't do that anymore. Um, So when they were very little, when Aaron, who's the, the youngest one there, was only three weeks old, we moved house. Now, FYI, don't do it, okay? I mean, don't have really small children close together and don't move house at the same time. Nightmare. But through that time, we really knew the togetherness of the G2 community. Another family from G2 offered us their house. They went away on holiday and we, me and the boys slept in their house for three days because we were kind of between two houses. And then Luke, my husband, had a whole team of people from G2 to help move and unpack and get shelves up and get everything ready. Students came around and I unpacked all my dishes and my plates and everything. Obviously, they put it all in the wrong place, but it was okay because it was unpacked and I forgave them. No, I'm joking. It was really helpful. And then two months after uh, that... Luke was diagnosed with bowel cancer, and we got to know a whole new level of togetherness again. We really, really relied on our G2 family through that time. We had two children under two, and Luke was really ill in hospital, needing lots of treatment and things. So for six months, people cooked for us, they cleaned for us, they looked after the children, they just took me out for coffee, whatever it was. We had so many people really lean into us and we felt the G2 community in a whole new way at that time. And I know that was um, kind of a a crisis situation and normal daily life doesn't look like that where we're all just delivering meals to each other, if only. But, and you can't always see a need. But at that time, I saw other people choosing to join in with what was going on to get stuck in and to give and to serve each other. We're not made to do this life alone. Even in Eden, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. We were created for community. We were formed to be a family. We're called to belong, not just believe. So why isn't our building block then say, belong? And the reason is because belonging is not something you can choose to do. You can't wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to belong today. But you can choose to join in. You can choose to get involved, to turn up, to welcome others and help them to belong. G2 is a body. It's not a building. It's an organism. It's not an organization. And for the organs in your body to fulfill their purpose, they have to be connected to your body and the same is true for each of you for each of us as part of Christ's body if your only contact with other disciples is on a Sunday 
every three weeks, then you're kind of being like an organ that isn't working properly. This isn't like going to the cinema where you get to buy a ticket, choose your seat, um, bring your snacks, sit down, sit back and watch the show. We don't go to church. We are the church. You are the church. And there's so many ways that you can join in at G2. Apparently, the average young person now turns up to church once in every three weeks. We don't want to be an average church. If this is your family, if you choose to make this your family, then would you be happy with phoning home only every three weeks? It means going to church even when you don't feel like it. It means putting church in your diary first and working other things around it. And I don't just mean a Sunday. I mean your church family. It means not just going to church when you've got time. It means prioritizing small groups. It means initiating meetups. I am the church and you are the church and we are the church. So why don't you commit to being here on a Sunday? Why don't you join a small group, which we're about to be launched? You could lead a small group, meet up with people for friendship, meet up with people for input, to learn from them, invite someone around to have tea with you, invite yourself around to have tea with a family. I genuinely love it when people say, can I come for tea? We grow faster and we grow stronger by learning from each other and being accountable to each other. And going back to that yoke image that we saw before, being yoked to Jesus makes us stronger and makes our burden lighter. But imagine all of us being yoked together with Jesus and the strength that we then have as a family. So are you following Jesus? And do you want to push in more to that journey? And are you joining in? Are you prioritizing G2 over work or study or other commitments that you have.